Hello, everyone. I'm Elena Armijo, and I'm the founder of the C-Suite Collective. This is a company I created for executive leadership coaching and wellness that supports C-Suite executives, entrepreneurs, and founders. We support modern companies committed to fostering diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, holistic organizational growth, and generational impact for years to come. Now, more than ever, businesses are running faster and with fewer resources. Burnout, overwhelm, disconnection, and disillusionment are the new norm for teams struggling with an old paradigm. At the C-Suite Collective, we believe deeply that providing massive support for your teams through executive coaching and holistic practices will create an inclusive culture, higher levels of performance, sustainable change, and the organizational impact you desire. You can find us at the c-suitecollective.com. What dream have you forgotten about? We'll look at that in our coaching tip for the week. And in our interview segment today, we have Laura Westman and Bay LeBlanc Quiney, two professionally certified coaches who deeply believe in the power of creativity, magic, and imagination to transform leadership and change the world for the better. They are the co-hosts of West of Wonderland podcast, the one and only podcast for imagination and leadership. I hope you enjoy the episode today. And remember, something powerful resides within you. I'm here to support you in seeing it and creating it. What dream have you forgotten about? So as we start this new year, I really want to invite you to think about slowing way down, creating room for space and creation and some magic, which you're about to hear all about in this podcast, to hear yourself again and the dreams that you might have forgotten. When I start with a new client, I have a welcome packet that I use. And, you know, it has clients felt some basic information around who they are and what goals they want to achieve and It's sort of a follow-up to the conversation we've already had about working together. But one of the questions on this packet that always surprises people is, what dream have you forgotten about? I consistently get feedback that this question opens up something deeper in them that we might not have touched on yet in our sessions or our initial call. So as we start this new year, I invite you to think about this question. What dream have you given up on that you actually want to bring back into your orbit that you want to let your heart remember and that you're willing to do something about this year. One of the places that I stopped dreaming the past couple years has been around inclusion and belonging. And as I've entered deeper into diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging work, sometimes my heart gets heavy. And I often have moments where I think that it's a privilege to dream or People that grow up in certain cultures or with certain circumstances or just in different ways that I possibly have didn't have the space to dream. And when I get really heartbroken about that and sad, I remember that the power is in igniting it again or igniting it for the first time. So no matter who you are or what your circumstance is, in your quiet space of your soul, what's that dream? 
take a minute and write it down. Put it in a safe space. And then write three actions that you're willing to take on to move the dream forward in the next month. They can be small actions. They don't have to be big, but three that will actually move it forward and keep it alive so that you don't forget again. Well, ladies, I am so excited to have you here. Um, Laura Westman, I remember the first time I met you. This is going to be like a a big shout out to Accomplishment Coaching because that's how all the three of us are connected from our roots with AC. But Laura Westman, I remember when I met you um, thinking there was such a bright sunlight in the room. And uh, I'm sure it was in some room in a training capacity in some way with coaches. I don't remember the exact moment of the logistics around that, but I remember your sunshine and your brightness and how incredibly warm your heart was with the entire group of people. And I think one of the things I love the most about you is your um, childish wonder and delight and that you bring everywhere with such power. And so I just, uh, I really honor that moment that, that I met you and I, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. being here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bay, your partner, which we'll talk about why we're having both of you on in a second, but Bay, oh my gosh. So I'd heard about you long before I met you and, you know, heard about you and, and, and your partner and how incredibly powerful coaches you were in the world. And it was like this legend of AC that came through, which I love legends. So I was all about that. <laughs> I love being one. I'm excited yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. Legendary. And then out of the blue, you reached out and you were like, hey, I think we should meet and we should connect because, you know, I hear your name and you hear mine. And I thought, how incredibly cool that a woman would just reach out, like with no agenda other than to just meet in the world. And we got online virtually and I think it was the most grounded, connected conversation I've ever had with a stranger where we bonded over puppies. I was going to say dogs right away. Dogs. <laughs> our, the, our love of dogs. But also just this beautiful, it's pretty rare in my life that, that I meet women that don't, you know, like have a wall for just even like a half a second, you know? And, and it was so open and you were just so warm and caring and just wanting to like from across you know, country borders extend your love. So I'll never forget that. Thank you. Oh, I love that intro. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're two powerhouses, you're powerhouse coaches, but you've created a partnership that is pretty, pretty magical. We're probably going to use that word a lot today, but um, <laughs> will you share a little bit about your podcast and how it came to be uh, your partnership together. Why, yes. So, they just pointed at me. This is how it goes. <laughs> this is literally what our partnership is uh, in the moment. So, um, well, they and I became friends in kind of a similar way. Where I think it, I think you may have reached out to me to be like, "Hey, Westy, like people are talking to me about you." It's vice versa. We should probably just connect. And um, we grew a friendship over the course of a weekly Zoom connection call for what, maybe like two years? Yeah, like, like a 
Good chunk yeah, of time. It was really a good chunk of time. And I think what we noticed over that time was just some of the common themes and how we were synthesizing not only our work, but our place in the world, um, how our relationship with our own personal creativity informs or blocks how we're moving ourselves forward, mm-hmm. and also bonding very deeply over a few specific loves. One, pets, obviously. Number two, <laughs> um, stories. Stories, mm. uh, animated movies, um, Disney parks. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter books, just like falling into the world of magic um, and starting to notice just how much I think our relationship with those things actually is really important to us and how um, how we view the world, but also really needing someone to talk to about how those are actually leadership conversations. A lot of those stories and lessons and characters that speak to us that we fall in love with, what can they teach us about not only great leadership, also terrible leadership, um, but also in terms of um, how to be a leader that actually resonates with the people that they're leading. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So th- I, I, I feel like I'm talking too much, but never, <laughs> never, never, <Okay>. never. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it was um, it was so interesting fact. Bay and I actually share a birthday, and uh, it's eight eight, and we are actually eight years apart yeah. to the day. And uh, so when we were, I think at some point I was like, hey, I think we're better together. I think like there's something magical happening when we're talking. What if we do a podcast or something like that? Um, And, you know, I had all of these overly structured ideas about what it should look like. And Bay was like, pixie dust. What if it's just start and we'll let it (laughs) become something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we've been going strong for a year and a half. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Anything to add? Yeah, I would add, first of all, we're not just both born on August the 8th. Uh, I was born August 8th, 1980, and Laura's August 8th, 1988. So eights abound, mm-hmm. uh, which is a super magical number, infinite. Um, and then I think the other thing for both of us is sort of this experience of feeling like a lot of what interests us, like these stories or fairy tales or Disney anything, or like that we're more drawn to fictional stories or mythologies, um, that that's often kind of dismissed as childish mm. and and therefore not really present at the table, like of a grown-up conversation or a leadership conversation. And both of us feel like fervently that it's actually what is needed for leadership. And that true leadership requires imagination, creativity, and like uh, a desperate desire for things to be better, even if it seems impossible. And so like, you kind of have to be childlike. You have to be willing to suspend your disbelief because otherwise we're just going to keep trying the same things we're always doing. And uh, I don't know if y'all have looked around the world lately, but uh, it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, exactly. If you really think about it, adults are in charge of the big stuff. But when you really look intimately, inside of every adult is a child. And that child is moved. That child is sometimes grumpy. Sometimes uh, the inner child runs entire companies and organizations and dare I even say governments. So, um, <laughs> you know, the yes. what Bay said about like these these childish, quote unquote, um, stories or concepts or ways of conveying information, not being invited to the table to me is really hypocritical. 
actually, mm. because I sometimes think that the most powerful way to move anyone is to actually connect on that more um, heart-based, uh, resonant child level. Sometimes we need that. And I do think that's also part of what the C-Suite Collective is really about, too. It's part of what resonates so much with me about, you know, being part of this team is that I think um, what a lot of people would refer to in the leadership space as soft skills. Soft skills are everything. You cannot micromanage people into greatness. Ooh, that's a good quote we should pull out for the world. Yeah. Well, and what I'm really getting is this this new style of leadership that you had. And to be clear for everybody listening, West of Wonderland is the podcast that you definitely need to download and follow and do all the beautiful things with. Um, and in in what you're creating with a new style of leadership, I also hear there's room for all at the table, which is what we sort of believe at the C-Suite Collective. And what I mean by that is um, there's room for everybody's gifts and wonder to emerge as opposed to being one way. And so it's just a, a different side of the same coin. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, super cool. How did you come up with the name of your podcast? What does it mean? Well, uh, Laura, what's your last name? Westman. Mm-hmm. Vey, Vey, what's the name of your, your company? Wonderland and Company. <laughs> there we go. West of it's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. yeah Vey's husband came up with it. No. No, it was you? It was me. It oh, was my me. God. Um, no, but so my, my company, I was doing like a rebrand years and years ago, uh, and it was not going well. It wasn't going poorly. It just like, I wasn't showing up to do what was needed. Hmm. And then finally my, my branding consultant like called me, I was in California doing like some leading some program or something. <laughs> she called and left a message and said, stop working. Like if you're, don't do any more work on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm being fired. And like, truly I deserve it. Cause I am. <laughs> really not pulling my weight. And then, um, she got on the phone and, and she didn't fire me. Instead, she said like, look, there's a reason that you're not doing it. And she's like, I think it's cause we've got the branding all wrong. I'm like, well, God bless you. I'm pretty sure there's a few reasons I'm not doing it. But, um, and then she told me, she's like, from the moment I've met you and everything that we've talked about, like, it's clear that magic is really important to you. Magic and wonder and whimsy. And like, that is not in your branding. My branding was like at the time it was going to be called driven um, mm-hmm. about people who are like hyper focused, hyper driven, hyper disciplined, which would describe me. Ironically, I argued with her for about an hour because I was like, no one will take that seriously. No one's going to take magic seriously. And she's like, yeah, that's your job. Ooh. That's what you're here to do. And we got off the phone and I was like, she's bonkers. Literally. No. And then like 10 <laughs> minutes later, I called her back and I said, okay, so you're probably right. And I think my company should be called Wonderland and Company. And she's like, done. And we changed all the branding and it was like just done really quick. Wow. So for me, like the reason I share that is like even Laura and I coming together, there was like a bit of a hurdle of like getting started or like just owning that this is a conversation that is of value, you know? And like, again, because I'm as indoctrinated as anyone else Mm -hmm. to believe that my like child likeness is is foolish or not not relevant and that quality of me is what has made me valuable at every table I've ever sat and has made me be different and like come up with ideas whether I was working in executive offices or in government um Mm -hmm. 
to think about things differently, you know, and, and that's really where, where I come from. And like, I love Alice in Wonderland because everything, like nothing makes any sense there. And that's Mm -hmm. like a pretty good description of our world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Yeah. And then it just seemed like a perfect fit for the two of us, like matching Mm -hmm. it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny if you, um, if you listen to the first, well, the first few episodes are a little awkward because we're trying to find our footing, you know. Um, but we have, I think we kind of front loaded West of Wonderland with a lot of like, hey, we need to talk about like the benefits and the drawbacks of a more wonder based kind of like magical lens on leadership. And so um, I think we had the unique opportunity to kind of debrief how it was going for the two of us in real time. You know, mm-hmm. we... Um, and that's also, I think, how we've we've found a lot of different concepts that I think are really powerful when it comes to developing what we're referring to on the podcast as an archetype of leadership called imaginative leadership. And one of those things, we've had so much fun, both in uh, discussing on the podcast about our partnership and our own projects, um, but I'm also hearing from, you know, my clients who listen to the podcast and hearing from listeners who it resonates with. Um, just the simple nuance of something like wearing rose-colored glasses when you're designing the future, because um, it is a really powerful place to stand. You know, like Bay said a few minutes ago, it gave me chills when she said it. Uh, sorry, I'm talking about you like you're not here. That's awkward. I like it. <laughs> okay. Um, it, uh, but it, it did really give me chills. Like you, we do need leaders who are willing to actually be like, okay, I honestly have to call upon more optimism than I even have about this future. And Elena, I I honestly relate to you as that leader too, um, which is part of why I just adore you, um, is is just really being willing to stand and to trust that what you and your team can build is greater than the sum of anybody's parts. You know, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that is magical. That is magical thinking at its best. <laughs> it is. And rose-colored glasses, so to speak, they're a huge asset and they can also get in the way a lot. So I think we have a really nice interplay between looking at like, where is it powerful? Where does it get in the way? You know, mm-hmm. I think episode four or something is called rose-colored glasses. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, that's a good one. That's so beautiful. Thank you for that. Because what I'm hearing is not only what you see is possible for the world and what what the planks you all are laying in foundation for the world that you're doing in your podcast. And I also hear you practicing it yourself. So thanks, Bay, for the story of like what it took to actually welcome in some more magic or or own the magic for yourself. And Laura, I don't know, ever since I've met you, you've probably already done this naturally. But if there was ever a point in your life where you didn't, <laughs> own magic as part of your story. You know, I'm curious what it took for both of you. And I, I heard that a little bit in what you were sharing, Bay, around like it maybe just took a minute to think about it, what somebody mm-hmm. offered you. Mm-hmm. But for those people who are resisting this conversation or resisting that there is a new style of leadership that could come from wonder, right? Or magic or creation or imagination, What advice would you give them of where to start? You know, where I always start with like clients um, is it's super basic, but it's like, what's your wish list? And it's amazing how much people can struggle with that, right? Like they just, um, 
they do a lot of editing before anything's allowed to make the list about what they should want or what's reasonable to want or what they think they can get, you know, and like, I believe that that kind of thinking is sort of what leads us to a lot of the problems that we have today, like a lot of the big issues on the table. And they could be like within your own, you know, personal world, like uh, personal relationships that just seem, you just can't seem to like connect with this person. And it might be someone important, like a child or a parent or a sibling or, you know, a, a romantic partner or a business partner, you know? So how would you actually want it to go? And then you have to let yourself suspend your disbelief long enough to go, I mean, it'll never work because they're da 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 da. You got it. great, cool. That can go on a different list. This list is just the list of how you want it to go. And I think it's super basic, but it's difficult for people to allow themselves to um, separate out desire for the sake of desire, like for how you want it to go or how you want to experience life without editing it down or second guessing it before you even let it land on the table. Like it's really difficult for grown-ups to do that um, because we're trained to believe that in this, you don't get what you want. You don't get everything you want. And that's just unrealistic. And like, meanwhile, we send people into space. So tell me more about, (laughs) you know, like it's crazy. So, so I think that for me is like the, the real basic is like, just what do you want and start to get accustomed to like being in the practice of just being present to your desire without necessarily needing to do anything about it. Like, I wish I had a better relationship with my mother. Okay, cool. Like this may not mean that that's going to be created. So just like practicing, like almost non-attachment to it and just like calibrating your ability to be like, I want ice cream right now, but it's seven in the morning and I'm probably not going to have it, but I would like it, you know, and just really get that ball rolling. That's beautiful. Laura? That's really good. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's interesting just looking at this question through the lens of our experience starting the podcast. And like Bay said, there was a fair amount at the beginning of us kind of assessing if it was a good idea. And I realized in hindsight, so a lot of that is just programming about, you know, what has value, what's worth your time, what does the world want to see, da, 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 you know, a lot of like um, good, bad, like black and white assessment thinking. And also, you know, just to be frank, I think as you develop yourself professionally, we are trained in order to be direct and to have impact to let go of a lot of childlike stuff. So I noticed that um, before we started our podcast, I would hide this Disney adult within me quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Not very successfully, but I would try. I would try, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's it's interesting feedback that you would say like I've never known you to not dot dot dot, and I'm like oh my gosh, but I tried so hard to like hide that under a bush. You know what I mean? So it was interesting because when we started the podcast, um, I think we were both like, are we allowed? Like the last time Bay and I were in Orlando, she was like, we're here unsupervised. Like who okayed that? You know, and I was like, yes, it's true. Um, But that's how it feels. Like it's that much like joy and connection, just like getting to like be together, let alone work together. You know, like that's too much fun. Like we can't even touch that. Um, And so... It's interesting because in hindsight, I'm like, oh, the yes to the podcast was really about like, I didn't exactly know. I didn't have an end point in mind. You know, this wasn't one of those projects where I'm like, this is the full on future vision. It was more like there's like a glimmer of yes 
mm. in this that is really calling. And mm-hmm. we just, I think we just like grabbed hands and just have kept moving toward that. Um, and I think one of the things I've learned in terms of like lessons, you know, or places to start, first of all, that wish list thing is spot on. It's so good. I think our wishes can give us so much access. Um, it'll show us what we want, but it'll also show us what we think is in the way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's super powerful if we're willing to be vulnerable enough to actually be truthful about what's on our wish list, of course. <laughs> but I think the other thing, um, and I, it's funny because this project has brought me so much joy that it does feel like I'm not allowed to do it. It really does feel like that. And the fact that people get so much from it and message me about it and my clients bring it up with me, you know, it's like, it's like this, this interesting feedback loop where one of the lessons I'm learning is that I, I seem to have like a cosmic duty to be more in my joy. Mm. And the impact and the ripple effect that that has is not up to me. Mm-hmm. And I can't control it. Mm-hmm. But the like, so we just got back from our second trip together to Orlando, Florida. Um, and it was one of those trips where when we booked it, we were like, why are we getting to do that? Like, whose life are we living that we're get we're like adult people who are going back to Disney World for the second time in one calendar year without our husbands? It was just like <laughs> so exciting and yeah. weird, you know. And like, we both had all kinds of funny like survival mechanism reactions leading up to that trip, simply because it was kind of just too good. It was like too simple and too exciting and too fun and like too good to be true. Um, I might be speaking for myself, Bay. I don't know. But um, no, I, no. that was definitely like, okay, that was like my experience with it was like, again, that question, like, who's letting us be so unsupervised? And just in like getting to debrief the takeaways and how we grew in our friendship, um, some of the stuff my clients have been bringing up with me, it's really beautiful, you know? Like a lot of them are like, I realize how little of this joy and this relationship to my friends do I even give my, you know, it's like opening up so many possibilities. Um, so I think the best advice I could give anyone is to actually stop being stingy with the things you truly love. It does not matter. And it doesn't help anyone to hide them. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, and that brings me to my next question for, for you, you magical humans is around wishing. Like we have our desires and we have our wishes now. And here we are. 2023 has arrived. And if you're like me, how did that happen? How did that happen? I still tell everybody that I feel like I'm stuck in July. (laughs) I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to Thanksgiving or Christmas or any of it. I know space and time have collapsed in on themselves. Yeah, it's just not even. Truly, truly, and I, I always ask myself, is that because I'm getting older? Because that feels like something that older people used to say all the time, or is it really just (laughs) what's happening? So you know, that's the conversation. I think it's, and then throw like a global pandemic and then all the yeah. mayhem ensuing and you're like, uh-huh. it's all meaningless. Uh-huh. It's all like, meaningless. The structures are crumbling. Okay, sorry. Back to you, Elena. Back Time to you. is irrelevant. Anyway, <laughs> what, what I've been working with my clients a lot on, and this has been my my jam for a couple years now, is, um, you know, say goodbye to 2022 very gently and welcome 2023 just as gently and uh, no no rushing to declare or pressure or any of the noise, um, especially, Bay, to your point, with everything that's been going on in the world. It's just very, very heavy if we 
you know, do the old system of approach. So I'm curious, what, uh, what would you give people and leaders out there that are starting the new year through their wishes? Like what, what do they do with their wishes from here? Great question. Mm-hmm. Just tuck them into a pouch and put them under their pillow and then no, just kidding. That's what never normally does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, it's, um, I was quite delighted in my coach training, which we all have did the same coach training with accomplishment, um, coaching when they taught project design. Cause I, through my work, I, used to work for the provincial government of British Columbia. And um, so I managed health promotion. They had, <laughs> feel like the writing was on the wall. Like I started the new job and they're like, we're just going to send you to take this course at a local university in project management. And I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> 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 the writing was That's on the so wall. Canadian though. They're like, here's a resource, but we'll never give you direct feedback. This is, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You could use some help. So I did that course. And so then, you know, years and years later, when I'm learning project design at um, coach training, I was like, oh, this is this is basic project management, right? Like These are mm-hmm. the same skills in getting any project up and going. And which, by the way, is not actually, I mean, it is magic, but it's also we all something we all know how to do naturally. Like when you get up, you don't like accidentally put your jeans on and then be like, Phew forgot to put my underwear on. I guess it goes on over top. Like we just naturally do things in a particular order. Like if you're making food, right? There's just, you know, you can't, you have to decide what it is you want to make from there. So that's the wish. I wish Mm -hmm. for a chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. Probably. I I genuinely do like in this moment, wish for a chocolate cake. (laughs) I did too. Um, Now that you're saying mm, it, that sounds lovely. Am Mm -hmm. I still in a Disney park? Because that's breakfast. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But then from there, right, like, so what do I do with that wish? Well, most people stop there and go, I can't have a chocolate cake or you don't, you can't, you certainly can't have chocolate cake for breakfast or I'm not in a Disney park. So it doesn't count. No black or forest whatever, cake right? for me. Yeah. Or, so or my version of that is like, you can only have chocolate cake when you were yes. in the Disney park. <laughs> yes, right? Like, so this isn't an appropriate wish. So, so one, it's like, you never, that isn't, just don't do that. So white, like you go, okay, here's the wish. The wish is chocolate cake or the wish is we're going to um, like expand our offices to three new locations and raise our profits by 30%, right? That's the wish. And so then from there, it's like, okay, if I use the chocolate cake analogy, which I'm going to, because it's easy and we all understand it is then I'm going to go, well, how do I make it? What's required? Like, oh, I'll probably need a recipe. Okay, great. I go find a recipe. From the recipe, I'm going to find out what ingredients I need. If I don't have these ingredients, I have to go acquire the ingredients. I need to have all the ingredients before I go to follow the steps in the recipe. Otherwise, it's not going to work, right? And these, this is just basic project management. And then you just slowly and pedantically go through the steps one at a time. And then you, keep, you need to keep remembering that you're making a chocolate cake. Otherwise, you know, partway through, you're going to be like, what am I? Am I making fish? No be weird to put chocolate on fish or like oh why is my kitchen such a mess and it's like oh right 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 okay right because i'm making a chocolate cake right why did i turn this oven on why is it getting hot in here and so like really (laughs) but that's what i would have people do so first of all spend way more time on the wishes than they're used to like more time than is reasonable so not only like the chocolate cake like what is it going to look like what's it going to be like why do you want it who are you going to share it with like all of the like 
the experience of that wish. Because the what is way more important than the how. Because when you are in the how of some project, anything, chocolate cake or expanding offices or profits or whatever, um, how is a great wish killer. Mm. And so we need to be clear enough. And so when we get stuck or stymied by some obstacle, which is usually just a how we haven't found an answer to yet, um, and they do not need to be difficult, we will get stopped very easily. And the easiest way to really get stopped is to then forget what you were wanting in the first place. And so it's like, spend more time on that vision. Make sure your whole team knows it. Your family knows it. Like everyone engaged in being a part of this thing, this experience that you're trying to create needs to be present to the vision and ideally have their own version of it as well. So that as soon as you hit the first speed bump and it's easier to throw in the towel, because it will always be easier to throw in the towel you can kind of go, hang on, hang on. Or at least someone will be like, wait, there's a reason we want to do this in the first place. Actually, um, saving our climate is really important and we shouldn't just give up. You know, like actually there is a future experience that is worth this discomfort. Mm. You know? That's my TED talk. Sorry. I love it. I am so love. passionate about <laughs> projects that like, mm -hmm. uh, Adam, uh, my husband and I run a group and called the forge. And when, whenever someone has a question about projects, I just like get this huge Cheshire cat grin and I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, let me at him. <laughs> yeah. Well, Laura, do you have anything to add? Sure. Yeah. Slightly different angle. Cause that's, that's what's cool about partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, so in my, I'm just thinking about kind of where we are culturally and the experience often in January. And uh, also that invitation that you gave your clients about like, let the year go gently, let it come in gently, I think is so wise because for better or for worse, I one of my observations both in myself and literally every person around me is that, um, you know, the pandemic really has created a transformation that I think has changed how we all view our purpose and how we spend our time and energy. I think no matter who you are, that is part of the impact of this is a, a big change. And so I think um, the way that uh, that shows up for me is really a changing of the place that I'm designing the future from and designing goals and projects to base point from. Because in the past, it probably would be like a lot of like very achievement focus, lots of pushing um, and like more, 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 you know, <laughs> like who doesn't want more time or money or I don't know, whatever you take your pick. Uh, that's a cultural mm -hmm. context we operate in a lot is like more, 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 more. And, um, I, part of what I'm interested in about wishes and why I think they're really powerful is I think right now we're all feeling pressure, um, sometimes even on a physical level to be more interested in what's intimately meaningful to us hmm. what is like mm -hmm. intimately day-to-day -day meaningful and bringing us a sense of connection to us and our greater purpose um and it's messing with a lot of us because we have all these stories about you know who we're supposed to be and being such a go-getter you know it's part of my journey this year and moving to the country is like kind of physically changing that you know, <laughs> kind of like letting yeah. the circumstance inform my own personal change. 
story for another time. But one of the things I love about wishes is wish is this tiny little word that um, for those of you who have been formally trained in coaching, it is a dirty word, so to speak, in coaching. I don't care who you're talking to. Every coach that I know who has trained anywhere is like, yeah, wish is a place where your client is like despondent or has no power or resources or whatever. And so they're wishing. I really think that I'd like to change how we relate to that little word because, first of all, uh, what we're doing when we're saying no wishing is we're kind of squashing what I think is one of the most powerful concepts in all storytelling. Mm -hmm. So many movies and stories and musicals that are ultimately transformational stories. They're about hero's journey. They're about people and sometimes, you know, animals <laughs> even uh, if we're really going there. Uh, lots of characters going through transformations in movies uh, have wishes and they are not human. Um, but uh, the point of all of this is that the wish really is the vehicle for forward motion. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it, it speaks to me on a very visceral level sometimes. Like when you wish upon a star is one of the most beautiful and iconic songs. Mm -hmm. Hands down, a dream is a wish your heart. I mean, it's just like these beautiful resonant things um, that I, I think can, if we're actually willing to be with the sometimes heartache of wishing and not having, I think it can actually help us be a lot more true and, and honest with ourselves about things that we deeply, deeply want. And I think, you know, COVID has sort of weirdly kind of forced our hand and made a lot of us think differently about how we're going to be spending our time. So I would say, actually, like, get inspired about wishing, you know? Um, don't watch Pinocchio. It's not my favorite, I'd say. <laughs> well, we maybe. have to know now. What is your favorite, both of you? <laughs> Dude, cannot even boil it down. But I will say, we talk quite a lot on the <laughs> podcast about the princess and the frog. Because uh, yeah. um, Tiana's got a different experience of wishing, mm -hmm. you know, and she she's actually kind of an interesting one on many levels, which we have talked a lot about on West of Wonderland. But um, I <laughs> one of the things I love is that um, she's been taught by her family that she can't just wish upon a star. She actually has to work and really participate. And so her thing is so funny because she's kind of over overdriven toward her yep. wishes, but they still are compelling to her. She would be my client. <laughs> she totally would. <laughs> Deanna, she come totally on. would. Yeah. It's project management with the wish combined. <laughs> yeah, come on. You, you do need to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so it'd be hard to dial down a favorite. I mean, I have favorite characters, um, but it, it's even hard. Like, boils down, ultimately, Snow White would be my most favorite, just someone who can choose kindness and faith in the, in the face of anything. But I literally have a tattoo with like my four favorite ladies. One of them is Merida from Brave. She's just amazing. Um, and probably the most accurate depiction of me. Very cool. Yeah. Mary Poppins uh -huh. and uh, Snow White and Alice in Wonderland. Like I just love amazing. their perspective. Like I often think if I could, when I grow up, if I can be like some version of Mary Poppins meets Dumbledore, I will be, I'll die happy. <laughs> <laughs> that is my life goal. Such minus, great the, minus the facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. But I, I also think just as we're kind of in this little realm, uh, Elena, cut me off anytime. But I no, do think good, that um, when I think about um, characters like Mary Poppins and Alvis Dumbledore, some of the best lines that we remember from these characters who are fictional 
are are they are get okay all right fair point <laughs> you know um i uh i i think like some of why we love these characters is because they have these little moments of like actually poking at what we think is the edge of reality and mm-hmm. i think as adults there is a part of us that deeply wants to believe that the impossible is possible like mm. Mm-hmm. There, I think that um, this is part of why this is a leadership conversation is because, you know, especially for for people who work in really critical areas like, you know, they mentioned the climate crisis. Um, this is a huge one where like all information, all signs point to this will never change because of this, this and this. And this is the direction it's headed in. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the impact if every person who had agency to make a difference when it comes to the climate crisis actually had to wear that hat of it truly is possible, it truly mm-hmm. is possible, it would change everything. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where it all f- focuses to is power and impact when you allow the vision and the wish to be grand. Yeah. And then – combine it with feet you know and like Mm -hmm. squats and doing all of those things like I think that's the 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 place where people get stuck is that we think of wishes as like you know when you're writing to Santa and that's something for children and Mm -hmm. they don't do anything they literally write a letter and then someone and then they forget about it and it it happens or it doesn't happen yeah Mm -hmm. or we envision I mean it's She's my favorite, but still, like we envision Snow White just kind of singing into a wishing while waiting for someone to rescue her. And, that is her and, song, by the way. Sorry, it sure is. <laughs> it is. Um, but and and I think that's partly why wishing, dreaming, all of these things kind of get like a bad rap, or like they don't make they don't move mountains. But you know, I I'm sure someone said this, and I can't remember who it was, but it's like you know, Martin Luther King Jr said, I have a dream. He didn't say, I have like a 12-point plan. And it was simply the expression of a dream. He didn't know how to do it. We still don't know how to do it. But everyone knows what that dream is. And you can't say those words without, I believe, having some resonance in your body. You know, for like, it, it was the dream that spoke to people and moved people and still does decades later. And And so we can't we can't underestimate the power of a wish or a dream to get the ball rolling. And and I think it's incredibly dangerous if we do, because then the big issues, they will remain forever unsolvable because we're not going to solve them from what's reasonable or practical or, or like cost efficient. That is never going to solve these issues. You know, that's so what got us there. Said. It's not going to get us out of it. Beautifully said. Oh man, that's a that's a perfect place to wrap up is, you know, what and, and here's my last question for you both. If you had a dream or a wish to give the world for 2023, what would it be? Ooh, good question. A year ago at the end of the year, we had a, an episode called Letters to Santa where we just like listed <laughs> out a bunch of wishes for humanity. Wow. It was fun. I like that. I'm going to take that on. I cried a lot. Uh <laughs> um, let's see. I got mine. I'll Go start. You buy. I'll buy Laura time. <laughs> so my wish for all of us on this planet for 2023 would be that we could all have an experience, if even for a moment, in which we understand the divine interconnectedness of our relationship 
to and with each other um, and every single living thing on this planet, like flora, fauna. Because I believe if we truly had that moment, we could not continue to do harm on any level. Like, I, I truly think that that would shift everything. Beautiful. I love it. Can I just second that? <laughs> you can. You're a team. As long as you put some feet under it and go create it. Both of you. Yeah. We're working <laughs> on it. Working on it a little bit at a time. Yeah, totally. I guess just to add my language to it, what came up for me around it was just a pervasive sense of aliveness for every person. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you can have that aliveness without a breakthrough in beauty and appreciation and connection to others and connection to nature, like really getting that interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. So it is the same. Mm-hmm. Ah, but two different sides of the coin for everybody mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Thank you both so much for your hearts, your passion and your vision and your wishes for the world as we start this magical new year. Thank you for being here. Thanks for letting us join you. Yeah.